Hey everyone and welcome to my A to Z of musicals, letter V. Letter V everyone, we're not that far from the end now. Thanks for sticking with this alphabetical journey through all things musical. Letter V has got plenty for us to delve into, so let's get started. My first letter V is a musical theatre legend. Iconic. She had flaming red hair, a quavery voice, incredible stunning dancing abilities and a, a magical ability to connect with the audience. The wonderful Gwen Verdon, born as Gwyneth Evelyn Verdon in 1926 in California. And Gwen Verdon was just a magnificent performer. She actually overcame rickets as a young child and uh, in fact she was nicknamed Boots because of the orthopaedic shoes that she had to wear to correct the rickets. And amazingly she went on of course to become an acclaimed Broadway performer, a triple threat singer, dancer, performer. Her mum uh, Gertrude Standing was a dancer and actually taught her from a very young age. And her dad worked at MGM, so she was already, whether she liked it or not, caught up in the world of uh, music and theatre and the arts. She went on to train in New York City with the famous, or should we say notorious, Jack Cole, who was an amazing dancer and choreographer, but also uh, a taskmaster. And in fact, uh, Gwen Verdon starred. She made her Broadway debut in a review called Alive and Kicking, which also starred Jack Cole. He was kind of her mentor and tour mentor. He was not an easy person to work with, but she learned so much from him. In fact, Jack Cole was a huge influencer uh, in the world of dance. He certainly influenced the work of Bob Fosse and Michael Bennett. And because of her work with Jack Cole, Gwen Verdon went on to be able to not only dance, but teach others. She actually taught Marilyn Monroe how to dance when she was at 20th Century Fox. Uh, Gwen Verdon was involved in quite a few musical films, dancing in the background in the ensemble and the chorus. Um, a couple of them of worthy note on the Riviera in 1951 and the Merry Widow 1952. But it was actually not until 1953 when she found recognition on Broadway in the musical Can Can. Now, she wasn't the leading role. She had a secondary part, um, but actually she played this part so well that actually on opening night of the Can-Can uh, uh, Broadway show, she received such rapturous applause at the end of the uh, show that actually she had to be brought back onto the stage and take a bow because the audience was shouting, her name and screaming, we want Verdon. Um, and she actually got her first Tony nomination. 
she played the part of a flighty cabaret dancer named Claudine, and it made her a star. Gwen Verdon had her first starring role in 1955 on Broadway in Damn Yankees, and of course she played that wonderful role of Lola. This was the only stage role that Gwen Verdon got to reprise on screen, which I think seems a real shame because she had such a, a presence about her, didn't she, when she was performing. Um, and she has that sort of tremulous voice as well, which is unique. And you really get to see this in the uh, stage production on the cast recording when she sings Whatever Lola Wants. Music and lyrics by Richard Adler and Jerry Ross. And of course, they had brought us just the year before in 1954, The Pajama Game, that brilliant show. And uh, choreography for uh, Damn Yankees was Bob Fosse. And of course, we know that in 1960, Gwen Verdon married Bob Fosse and it was quite a uh, a tempestuous relationship and in fact I talk about that back in the letter F podcast when I talk about Bob Fosse so feel free to go back and check and listen to that one. By this time of course Gwen Verdon was a star and each new musical she added to her stardom. In 1957 she was in New Girl in Town on Broadway and this show uh, garnered her yet another Tony Award for Best Actress in a Musical. In fact, she shared her Tony this year with her co-star, the fantastic Thelma Ritter. New Girl in Town ran for 431 performances on Broadway and was nominated for four Tony Awards. Music and lyrics by Bob Merrill, of course, he brought us the lyrics for Funny Girl. Uh, New Girl in Town was Merrill's Broadway debut and then he did go on to write the lyrics for shows such as Breakfast at Tiffany's, Sugar, which was the musical adaptation of Some Like It Hot. And uh, he added songs to Hello Dolly, uh, the songs Elegance and Motherhood. He also wrote the book and lyrics for the Angela Lansbury disaster Pretty Bell in 1971 but um, Bob Merrill was nominated actually for eight Tony Awards during his career and didn't win any which seems a real shame to me. New Girl in Town was a musical adaptation of Eugene O'Neill's play Anna Christie which of course had been made into film in 1930 with the fantastic Greta Garbo, one of my favourite Hollywood actresses. And in fact, they used the marketing slogan, Garbo Talks, for the film of Anna Christie, because this was her first talking movie. Uh, Gwen Verdon then, in 1959, had another hit with Redhead. This was a vehicle written especially for her, 452 performances on Broadway, directed and choreographed by Bob Fosse, and the show won six out of seven Tony nominations, including Best Musical and Best Actress for uh, Gwen Verdon 
Best Choreography for Bob Fosse and Best Actor in a Musical for Richard Kiley. And he played opposite Gwen Verdon and this wonderful, rich, baritone voice. Uh, he started his Broadway career as the juvenile lead in Kismet. And he went on, of course, to originate the role of Don Quixote in the musical version of Man of La Mancha. Redhead had music by Albert Haig. And I talk about him in the Letter H podcast. Of course, he became famous later in his life to, for playing Benjamin Shirovsky in the film and TV series of Fame. And he worked with the lyricist Dorothy Fields on Redhead and her brother, actually, Herbert Fields as well. Redhead was a murder mystery musical set in a wax museum of all places. Um, yet another success for Gwen Verdon. And then her big hit next was Sweet Charity. And I talk about this at quite length in the Letter S podcast. So I won't say much more except to say that legend has it that Bob Fosse spent many hours in Times Square in New York going to the dance halls to do research for Sweet Charity and also that Gwen Verdon went undercover and worked as a dance hall hostess. Well, I don't know if that's true, but uh, sounds good to me. Um, when Gwen Verdon got tired, apparently, during her performances in Sweet Charity, she would cut the song, Where Are We Going?, and apparently one theatre-goer sent her a very angry letter complaining that this had been cut. So Gwen Verdon apparently sent her uh, a pro rata ticket refund in the post. <laughs> and of course, the next huge hit for Gwen Verdon was the 1975 original Broadway production of Kanda and Ebb's Chicago, where she played Roxy Hart alongside the fabulous Cheetah Rivera as Velma Kelly. And I do talk about this in quite a bit of detail in the Letter C podcast. Uh, in 1999, Gwen Verdon served as artistic consultant on the Broadway musical review Fosse, which of course brought together strands from all those wonderful Bob Fosse shows. And in 2019, Michelle Williams played the part of Gwen Verdon in the Emmy Award-winning TV series, Fosse Verdon, uh, which if you haven't seen is definitely worth watching. It is quite dark, but um, both Michelle Williams and Sam Rockwell, who plays Bob Fosse, give incredible performances. So there you go, Gwen Verdon, for me, an absolute legend and icon of the musical theatre world. I have another iconic musical legend, beginning with the letter V, Dick Van Dyke, of course. And Dick Van Dyke, just for me, makes me smile thinking about him and... Uh, of course, my thoughts immediately go back to Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. But 
before those roles, he actually was on TV quite a lot as a young man. In, in fact, before that, he served in the Air Force uh, during World War Two, and then he started performing on local television, which led him to getting his Broadway debut in a review called The Boys Against the Girls. And he was spotted and ended up getting the lead in 1960 in Bye Bye Birdie. And this was a big hit. It ran for 607 performances on Broadway. Was It was going to be called Let's Go Steady um, and then change its name to Bye Bye Birdie. The plot was inspired really by the fact that Elvis Presley was drafted into the army and that's the plot pretty much of Bye Bye Birdie but Elvis Presley is Conrad Birdie, the pop star. And when this show opened on Broadway, it actually felt like a breath of fresh air. Uh, music by Charles Strauss, who of course later brought us Annie. Lyrics by Lee Adams. And Strauss and Adams worked on the 1970 musical Applause, which I talk about back in Letter A podcast. That's the musical adaptation of the fantastic Betty Davis film All About Eve. Bye Bye Birdie also had a book by Michael Stewart. He brought us the fabulous Hello Dolly book, um, Barnum, George M, the musical about George M. Cohan, and Mac and Mabel. So, you know, it was a great team. Director and choreographer was also Gower Champion. So they were a great team. They put on a great show. It was a big success and it had some great music in it including the hit song put on a happy face in this show dick van dyke was joined by the wonderful cheetah rivera who i talk about in my letter r podcast and the great comedic actors paul lind and Kay medford they were fabulous in this as well there was a 1963 film adaptation of Bye Bye Birdie and Dick Van Dyke actually starred again in the film. It was his screen debut. Uh, at this time, Janet Lee played the Cheetah Rivera part and Anne Margaret was the young Kim McAfee character. It's 1964 when, in my mind, Dick Van Dyke became a megastar when he starred alongside Julie Andrews in Mary Poppins. And he played the lovable Cockney chimney sweep, Bert. And uh, he also played, actually, Mr Dawes Senior, the manager of the Fidelity Fiduciary Bank. And what was lovely at the end of the film when the credits were rolling and of course Dick Van Dyke got his credit for playing the part of Bert, he then got a second credit for playing Mr uh, Dorse Senior and it was an anagram of Dick Van Dyke, Navkid Keed, it came up as and the letters kind of bounced around and unscrambled if you like to spell out Dick Van Dyke. And what was really sweet in... 2018, Dick Van Dyke got to reprise, well, it's not quite the same role, but he played Mr. Dawes Jr., the son of 
Mr. Doss Senior, um, in the sequel Mary Poppins Returns, and uh, he even got on the table and danced and sang. That I mean, what a what an absolute legend Dick Van Dyke to do that, and he sang a reprise of Trip a Little Light, fantastic. Um, it was 1964 that he also had his first television series. And of course, The Dick Van Dyke Show was a really popular show in the 1960s. One of the most popular performers, I think, on television at the time he was. Um, it wasn't a show that really uh, we saw very often in the UK. But uh, of course, his uh, charisma, his boyish charm his kind of tall and physical comic traits as well. Uh, he was very successful. And in 1968, he starred in another great classic musical film set in England, based on Ian Fleming's children's book, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, The Magic Flying Car. Uh, he played Caractacus Potts, the zany inventor and father of... Jeremy and Jemima. Uh, what brilliant character names, Caractacus Potts. And again, Dick Van Dyke was just amazing in this film. He was funny and sweet and kind and he sang some gorgeous songs uh, with music by the Sherman Brothers, of course, although this was not a Disney film. And uh, it, he was just magnificent. And so many uh, people grew up watching Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which is why he has a special place in many, many people's hearts, including my own. Uh, later on, after lots of TV um, and some film work, he did actually go back to Broadway in 1980. He starred as Professor Harold Hill in the uh, Broadway revival of The Music Man, Having said that, it was very short-lived. It was directed and choreographed by the wonderful Michael Kidd, so it should have been great. Um, it was at the New York City Centre, and they've put on some amazing shows over the years. But uh, Dick Van Dyke, sadly, was miscast in this role. He was, by the sounds of it, too old for it, um, and it didn't work well. But for me... That doesn't matter because I remember him for his other iconic performances. So for me, Dick Van Dyke is a musical legend. Now, back in 2012, of course, we had a new jukebox musical based on songs by the Spice Girls. Viva Forever opened in the West End on the 11th of December 2012 and actually that opening performance was delayed because Victoria Beckham arrived late to the performance. The book for Viva Forever was written by the amazing Jennifer Saunders and of course we know her from her great comedy roles in Absolutely Fabulous, French and Saunders, and she's about to star in Sister Act the Musical when it opens later this year in London. 
In fact, Jennifer Saunders did have a cameo role in the 1997 Spice Girls movie, Spice World. Viva Forever was panned by critics. It did not get a good press. In fact, some of the um, reviews are so shockingly bad. One of them, for example, says, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I wanted this terrible show to stop. <laughs> and there are a lot of examples online of the reviews. The show did generate over £2 million in pre-opening ticket sales. But then, because it was so panned, uh, people didn't actually go. And the show closed after seven months, losing at least £5 million. And that's a shock. It was brought together and produced by Judy Kramer, who, of course, had uh, produced Mamma Mia and was such a huge success. And it had wonderful performers in the show, including Sally Ann Triplett, who I think is just amazing. Uh, in fact, Sally Ann Triplett has had a phenomenal career in musical theatre, particularly in the West End, but around uh, the globe. Uh, performing in shows such as Best Little Whore House in Texas. She was in Follies um, with Jenna Russell, in Chess, Grease, Jolson the Musical, Cats. She was in Anything Goes in 2003, the West End revival playing Reno Sweeney, along with John Barrowman. And uh, she did Carrie the Musical, the original production with the fabulous Lindsay Hately and I talk about her in my Letter H podcast. She was in the touring production of Acorn Antiques. She's done Chicago, Mamma Mia, so many and Sally Ann Triplett also represented the UK in the Eurovision Song Contest twice. Once in 1980 in a band called Prima Donna and actually they came third with a song called Love Enough for Two. And then again, she represented the UK in 1982, this time in the duo Bardo with Stephen Fisher. And they sang One Step Further, and this time they came seventh. So, you know, the UK was still doing reasonably well back in the 1980s in Eurovision. Uh, I don't think that's ever going to happen again, is it? Just as a Spice Girls aside, talking about Viva Forever, I have seen Melanie C perform in Blood Brothers back in December of 2009. She did a stint as Mrs Johnston at the Phoenix Theatre in the West End. And she was absolutely brilliant in that role, I have to say. Sporty Spice has got a great voice and did a really good job. And she then, in 2012, of course, did the arena tour of Jesus Christ Superstar, along with Tim Minchin as Judas Iscariot and Ben Forster as Jesus Christ, who'd been found in the TV search called Superstar, where Melanie C was actually a judge on that show, along with Andrew Lloyd Webber. So there you go. Viva forever. Okay, now I always really loved watching any performance by the dancing sensation Vera Ellen, the gorgeous girl next door 
who has just such a lovely presence about her on film. And in fact, she was in 14 films in her career. Not that many, but um, some of those roles I just remember and, and watch over and over again. She started out, obviously, as a, uh, a dancer. In fact, she took dance lessons as a child with Doris Day. Uh, have a Doris Day uh, when she lived in Ohio. And uh, during her time, in particularly in the MGM musicals, she partnered with The Greatest, with Gene Kelly, with Fred Astaire, with Donald O'Connor. She started out dancing in nightclubs and became one of the youngest Radio City Music Hall Rockettes. And apparently she was fired from the Rockettes because she was showing too much individuality. Well, of course, you can't do that when you're a Rockette. We all do the same. Um, she made her Broadway debut in 1939 in a musical by with music by Jerome Kern and lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein II. This was another letter V. Very warm for May. The 1939 Broadway musical, which had an absolutely outstanding score by Kern and Hammerstein, but was a pretty dull and uninteresting book, uh, an uneventful comedy it's referred to as now. It had 59 performances uh, on Broadway and in the cast was Eve Arden. She also had with her the wonderful June Allison and June Allison and Vera Ellen were both in the chorus and were both future MGM stars. And uh, uh, it was interestingly co-directed by Vincent Minnelli on Broadway. And of course, he would then later go into the film industry as well. Um, one of the musical theatre's greatest ballads is in this show. It's called All the Things You Are and it was the only song to be kept when they later made Very Warm for May into a, an MGM film, this time called Broadway Rhythm, released in 1944. And it was Jerome Kern's last original Broadway musical as well. Vera Ellen uh, was in a number of Broadway shows in the chorus Higher and Higher, uh, which starred Jack Haley, and also June Allison was in the chorus with her in that. Um, music by Richard Rogers, lyrics by Lorenz Hart. And in fact, she was in a number of Rogers and Hart shows. It, that Higher and Higher was 1940, so was Panama Hattie. This was a Cole Porter musical with Ethel Merman. It ran for 501 performances on Broadway and June Allison was in that one as well. In 1942, she had a, a more featured part in the musical By Jupiter, again by Rogers and Hart. This was their last new musical to be on Broadway in 1942 and starred the fabulous Ray Bolger. And then the following year, 1943, again, a featured part for Vera Ellen in A Connecticut Yankee. 
uh, also written by Rogers and Hart. It actually was a revival, this one. It had been first produced in 1927 and uh, Rogers and Hart wrote five new songs for this show. By this point, Vera Ellen had been spotted by Samuel Goldwyn and was signed in 1945 by Hollywood. And of course, she went on to be in a number of musical films, a few of them actually with Danny Kaye. In 1945, the film Wonder Man, where Kaye made his screen debut. And uh, in 1946, the Kid from Brooklyn, which Vera Ellen starred in with him as well. And interestingly, later on, in 1954, of course, one of her most famous films, White Christmas, where she starred with Danny Kaye, Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney. And I love that film. It's a film, actually, that I will watch every Christmas time without fail. I just think it's... It's really beautiful. There's some gorgeous uh, songs and routines in that film. Vera Allen starred in the 1948 musical film Words and Music, which interestingly was a kind of loosely based story of the partnership between Richard Rogers and Lorenz Hart. And it had in this film Gene Kelly doing a wonderful dance routine with Vera Allen the Slaughter on 10th Avenue sequence, which is really famous now. Again, in Words of Music was June Allison, and she sings Thou Swell, which was taken from the uh, show A Connecticut Yankee that, of course, Vera Ellen had just done on Broadway in 1943. And interestingly... Vera Ellen was dubbed in almost all of her movie musicals. And that's a surprise, really, because she performed in all of these shows on Broadway. But clearly it was deemed that her voice, her singing voice, wasn't strong enough. Having said that, I believe that it really is Vera Ellen's singing voice in On the Town, the fabulous 1949 musical film adaptation and uh, Vera Ellen plays Ivy Smith, Miss Turnstiles and she sings with Gene Kelly a song called When You Walk Down Main Street With Me and my understanding is that that actually is Vera Ellen's singing voice. I just think she was such a, a, a really lovely performer. I enjoy watching her very, very much. She did a few more musical films, Three Little Words and The Bells of New York, where she performed in both of those with Fred Astaire. And then in 1953, in Call Me Madam with Donald O'Connor, and in 1955, she actually had a successful dancing review in Las Vegas. Uh, her final film was in 1957, and it was a fairly bland British musical called Let's Be Happy with Tony Martin. She actually retired from the film industry and from public life in the late 1950s and was only 60 years old when she died in 1981, sadly. Um, and there have been lots of stories about whether or not she 
had an eating disorder and uh, she was actually known to have had the smallest waist in Hollywood in the mid-1940s and 50s. Vera Ellen, I just think, is sunshine, really. So try and watch her if you haven't had a chance to see her. The wonderful Vera Ellen. Okay, so most musicals tend to start out on stage. And later, if they've been successful, they might be turned into a film adaptation. Whereas with my next letter V musical, it's the other way around. In 1982, the MGM film was released of Victor Victoria, starring, of course, our very special Dame Julie Andrews. And it was produced by her husband, Blake Edwards, and he directed it and he did the screenplay. And in fact, this was an old story. There had been a film version uh, back in 1933, a German film called Victor und Victoria, and actually it had been refilmed a number of times before it became the MGM film Victor Victoria. In 1935, there was a version called First a Girl, starring the English actress Jessie Matthews. Now, Jessie Matthews was actually a really, really big name in the 1920s and 30s, particularly in England, and she was married to Sonny Hale, and they both starred in First a Girl. Now, actually, Jessie Matthews was in a number of musical reviews in the 1920s with songs by uh, Noel Coward and sometimes songs by Cole Porter and the reviews tended to be produced by Andre Charlot and two of the most famous of these musical reviews were London Calling in 1923 and This Year of Grace in 1928. I actually remember Jesse Matthews more though for a small role but an important role in the MGM film from 1958, Tom Thumb, which starred the wonderful Russ Tamlin as Tom Thumb. So Victor Victoria is set in 1930s Paris, and it's a bit of a crazy story, really. Julie Andrews plays a character called Victoria Grant, who is down on her luck and ends up going along with a really crazy scheme suggested to her by gay nightclub performer Carol Todd, otherwise known as Toddy. And in the film, he was played brilliantly by Robert Preston. Of course, we know him as Professor Harold Hill from The Music Man. Ultimately, though, the story gets crazier because Julie Andrews' character, Victoria, becomes a female impersonator called Victor. So she's a woman playing a man, playing a woman, and Victor becomes the toast of Paris nightlife. Um, the music for Victor Victoria was written by Henry Mancini. And of course, he's so famous for all of the songs that he's written, including... Moon River, the theme for the Pink Panther, 
films and TV series. He actually did the music for uh, The Great Mouse Detective, Basil the Great Mouse Detective, the Disney film in 1986. Lyrics by Leslie Brickus, and I've talked about him a number of times also through the podcast, particularly uh, with Anthony Newley and the work that they did together. Now, along with Robert Preston and, of course, Julie Andrews, we had James Garner in the film. And, of course, James Garner and Julie Andrews had already worked together back in 1964 in the film The Americanization of Emily. And interestingly, both Julie Andrews and James Garner have said that this is one of, if not their favourite film of their own that they ever worked on. Uh, and of course, finally, in the film, we had the wonderful Leslie Ann Warren. Now, I just think she's a great performer. She had her Broadway debut in a show called 110 in the Shade, with music by Harvey Schmidt and lyrics by Tom Jones. Not Tom Jones, the pop singer, uh, Tom Jones, the lyricist. And Jones and Schmidt brought us, of course, the Fantastics, which ran off-Broadway for a staggering 42 years, from 1960 until 2002, making it the world's longest-running musical. Unbelievable. And in uh, Victor Victoria, Leslie Ann Warren plays the part of the dim-witted gangster's mall, Norma Cassidy, and she's brilliant in that. In fact, Leslie Ann Warren has had quite a lot of experience with musicals over the years. In 1965, she starred as Cinderella in the second TV version adaptation of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. And then in 1967, she was in the Disney film The Happiest Millionaire, along with Tommy Steele and just a huge, wonderful cast of performers in that film. It's a really great and underrated film, in my opinion. And music by, of course, the Sherman Brothers. And they also worked with Leslie Ann Warren the following year, 1968, in another Disney film, the one and only genuine original family band. And uh, whilst I don't think that's anywhere near as good, there are some really good performances and good Sherman Brothers music. Uh, I think Leslie Ann Warren, for me, had the most wonderful performance in the 1980 film, Clue. Now, it wasn't a musical, but it has some brilliant performers in there with her, Tim Curry, Madeleine Kahn, Eileen Brennan, just a, a great and very funny film. And, of course, she did lots of TV, including Will and Grace and Desperate Housewives. Now, in 1995, it was suggested that Victor Victoria goes to Broadway. And this brought Julie Andrews back to the stage. Uh, it was the first time she'd been on stage, uh, apart from uh, concerts and things, since Camelot in 1960, which was a 35-year gap. Unbelievable. And, of course, Julie Andrews starred in this very successful production 
It opened on the 25th of October 1995 and ran in total for 734 performances. And she starred with some brilliant people. This time, Tony Roberts, who played the part of Toddy. And of course, he also has a whole list of musical theatre performances throughout his career. And one of his uh, most uh, latest ones was in Xanadu when that opened off-Broadway. Also in the cast was Rachel York playing Norma Cassidy and the fabulous Michael Nouri. Now, Michael Nouri, I remember from the 1983 film Flashdance, where he was the love interest for Jennifer Beals. And I, oh, I loved that film. It was one of my favourites. In fact, when I had that on VHS tape, I played that over and over and over. Um, just a great, fun, feel-good film. I'm sure it's terribly dated now, but definitely, if you haven't seen Flashdance, give it a chance. The music and lyrics were still by Mancini and Brickus with additional new material uh, by Frank Wildhorn with choreography by Rob Marshall. Now, famously, when the Tony Awards Committee granted a nomination for Julie Andrews for Best Actress in a Musical, uh, but nothing else linked with Victor Victoria was nominated, she declined. She refused the nomination because she felt that it was a snub, really, that the rest of the team involved, the creatives and the performers and the production, were overlooked. And that was a huge statement, really, at that point. It's the only time, to my knowledge, that that has happened. Um, in actual fact, in that same year, Julie Andrews did win a Drama Desk Award for her performance in Victor Victoria as Outstanding Actress in a Musical. And she accepted that because Rachel York, who played Norma Cassidy, had also been nominated and won for Outstanding Featured Actress in a Musical. There you go, Victor Victoria. Now, there are quite a few letter Vs that I'd like to give a quick mention to today, uh, starting with The Vagabond King. This was a 1925 operetta with music by Rudolf Frimmel. And apparently this was an absolutely rip-roaring, fun show. It ran on Broadway for 511 performances, and it included that very famous song, Love for sale. And whenever I think of that song, I think of Harvey Feierstein, who sang it in the film of Torch Song Trilogy. Uh, the Vagabond King was made into a film in 1930 and again in 1956, both by Paramount Pictures. Uh, in fact, the 1930 film had Jeanette MacDonald and Lillian Roth and apparently wasn't much fun. And the 1956 wasn't much better, although it was directed by the famous Michael Curtiz and did star Catherine Grayson and Rita Moreno, both absolutely brilliant talents, but not a great film, apparently. Um, I want to mention Rudy Valley. Now, Rudy Valley, of course, was a famous film actor and stage performer, and his 
trademark song was called The Vagabond Lover from the 1929 film that was his screen debut. Uh, he made loads and loads of films, but he also starred on stage in 1961 as J.B. Bigley in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. And he did reprise the role in 1966 in the film version. And I want to mention Bobby Van. Now, I've talked a little bit about him already when I've talked about Kiss Me Kate. Bobby Van was a fantastic performer, dancer and choreographer. And he was actually the son of Vaudevillians. He danced on stage as a child and he made his Broadway debut in a 1950 review called Alive and Kicking. Uh, he was in films, dancing away in films such as Skirts Ahoy and The Affairs of Dobie Gillis. And in 1953, he starred in two musical films, My Sister Eileen with Bob Fosse. And there's some amazing dance routines and you can check those out on YouTube, actually. And of course, the 1953 MGM classic film Kiss Me Kate, which I talk about in lots of detail in the Letter K uh, podcast. Um, Bobby Van starred on Broadway in 1954 in a revival of On Your Toes, and he had the lead part in that show. And he went on to choreograph quite a number of musical films starring Jerry Lewis. And his final big uh, Broadway appearance was in the 1971 revival of No No Nanette, which again I talk about in the Letter N podcast. So just a few special mentions of Letter V there. My next musical is Violet, a new musical with music by the incredible Janine Tesori, who I talk about many times in these podcasts, but particularly in the Letter T podcast, with lyrics by Brian Crawley. And this award-winning 1997 off-Broadway musical tells the story of a young girl, Violet, whose face has been scarred accidentally by an axe um, that her father was wielding. And the story really shows and tells how Violet is on a bus travelling across America on a journey to find healing and of course it's all about the people that she meets along the way and uh, the emotional journey that she goes on as well and originally this production had Lauren Ward as Violet. In 2013 there was a one-off concert production at the Encores uh, Centre with Sutton Foster as Violet and Joshua Henry joining her and the following year in 2014 they took the show to Broadway and there is a full Broadway cast recording of the show and in 2019 I was really lucky to see the London premiere of Violet at the Charing Cross Theatre this time with the incredible Kaiser Hammerlund as Violet. My next letter V is the English actress and singer, dancer and TV personality really in the UK certainly, 
Denise Van Outen. I saw her actually in Chicago back in 2001 playing Roxy Hart. This is a role actually that she would revisit again later. And she was in a 20 week run at the Adelphi Theatre during that long period when Chicago was so successful in the West End. And it was a 20 week sellout show and she was absolutely brilliant in my opinion as Roxy Hart, just full of uh, personality and character and energy. And that's how she comes across. I've actually seen her in a couple of other shows as well, but she started back in 1986 at, in Les Miserables in the West End as a young Eponine and has been in shows such as Stop the World, I Want to Get Off, the Anthony Newley musical. And she did um, Tell Me on a Sunday in the West End in 2003. And there's a really lovely recording of that production. On TV, she starred in lots of things in the UK, including one of my favourite dramas, Where the Heart Is, where she was in that for about two years. She played in 2007 at the Duke of York's Theatre in the West End, Maureen, or Maureen, in Rent Remixed. This was um, a revival of Jonathan Larson's Rent with quite a few changes. The songs were restructured, the story was amended. Um, it was not especially well received. In fact, it got quite unfavourable reviews. And some uh, uh, some critics referred to it as rent reduced, uh, which is a shame because it had some amazing people in, including alongside Denise Van Outen, Oliver Thornton, and Luke Evans was in that production, as were Francesca Jackson and Leon Lopez. So not a great production, but again, she has a real charisma on stage. In two thousand and ten. She took over from Jill Halfpenny as Paulette in the West End original production of Legally Blonde and ran, she ran in that for six months. Um, she has co-written a musical, a one-woman musical show called Some Girl I Used to Know. And uh, she's done a concert version of Sweet Charity and lots of things on television in recent years. So just a quick mention, but a deserved one for Denise Van Outen. My next musical letter V is The Visit. And this is a very dark tale about human greed and revenge, focusing on one of the world's wealthiest women, Claire Zakinasian, who is plotting the murder of her former lover and it was a dark story. The music and lyrics by John Kander and Fred Ebb, that amazing team who brought us Cabaret in Chicago and book by Terence McNally. It was based on a 1956 play by Friedrich Durenmatt and it opened in Chicago on the 1st of October 2001. So this was just one month after the horrific 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center in New York and the Pentagon. And the show was meant to 
travel to Broadway. It had um, Cheetah Rivera as the main character, Claire. It was actually meant to have had Angela Lansbury. It was developed as a vehicle for her. But sadly, she withdrew from this production because her husband was very ill at the time. Um, but Cheetah Rivera was the Broadway grand dame. And so she replaced Angela Lansbury with Frank Galati as director. And of course, he brought us Ragtime and choreography by Anne Ranking. So a great team of people working on this show. However, the show did not go to Broadway. Well, certainly not yet it didn't. It was considered to be far too dark, uh, especially after 9-11. So the show kind of came to a halt. In 2003, there was an off-Broadway production uh, planned with Cheetah and Frank Langella, but that ended up being cancelled. Uh, there was another attempt in 2008, again with Galati and Ranking and uh, Rivera, in Arlington in Virginia, and this ran for a month. It this time had uh, George Hearn with Cheetah Rivera and Mark Jacoby, wonderful performers, the show ran for a month. Um, in 2011, there was a Broadway concert, again with Cheetah. She was so um, supportive of this show and desperate to bring it to Broadway. Uh, and in 2014, there was a one-act version, again with Cheetah. And finally, in 2015, the one-act version went to Broadway with Cheetah Rivera and Roger Reese this time, and it ran for two months and did manage to have five Tony nominations, but no wins, sadly. So, The Visit. And we've made it to the end of Lesser V. Well done, everyone. I hope that there was something of interest for you. I always like to think at the end, who have we missed or what have we missed? There are a few Lesser Vs that we've missed. Uh, the show Via Galactica, which was on Broadway in 1972, and Vanities, a new musical which was off-Broadway in 2006. The wonderful Anthony Van Last, who was the famous choreographer, and he did some work with my beloved Kate Bush, so I have to mention him. And then we have performers Joe Van Fleet and Max Von Essen, and... Uh, Villa Mindver Cake. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I hope that was right. And of course, Jessica Vosk, the Broadway performer who has starred as Elphaba in Wicked. And she's also been in Bridges of Madison County on Broadway, where she made her debut. She was in Finding Neverland in the original cast on Broadway. And most recently, in Becoming Nancy in the 2019 world premiere. So there you go. Lots more Vs than I expected. I hope that you're all well, stay safe and have a Doris day.